How is it going, everybody? Welcome back to Social Media Marketing School. For those of you that are new here, I am your host, Ethan Bridge. And before we dive into today's episode, I just want to make sure that you've hit that follow button or that subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you hear today, I would really appreciate it. Head over to the show page, scroll to the bottom and leave the podcast a 5 star rating and review but now we've got that out the way i just want to start off by saying thank you all for tuning in and let's dive straight in to today's episode today we're going to be talking about content and specifically how to make your content more engaging because when you're a consumer of content on social media you're actually only going to want to read and consume content you're actually interested in therefore that engagement as a consumer of the content is really really important so today i'm just going to be sharing some of my top tips as to how you can make your content more engaging so without any further ado let's just dive straight into the first tip that being simplify everything your copywriting your design your concepts you name it the more simple your content is the more people that are going to be able to understand it Overcomplicating content is one of the mistakes that so many different content creators actually make they think overcomplication makes them sound clever especially when it comes to copywriting these long words and industry jargon they're not impressing anyone In fact, they're confusing the majority of people unless they are an expert in that niche. Only experts are going to understand that specific industry language you start using within your content. So you instantly write off everyone who isn't an expert from being able to consume your content. Whereas if you were to simplify that language, then both the beginners and the experts can consume it. Yet it still brings the same conclusion and value as if you were to make it as if it were overcomplicated. Now, with regards to design, I feel as if people overcompensate with their design. If the copywriting, which in my opinion, if you're creating educational content is the most important thing, if you're overcomplicating it with design because your copywriting isn't great, you're taking away from what is truly valuable within that post. You don't want to distract people from the text, the written words that are supposed to be teaching these individuals. When you look at my content, I don't have any design whatsoever could that be an issue maybe but it works for me and i don't have the design skills to make things look more complicated so i'm not going to do that because if i tried to it'd look even worse so i like to keep things super super simple just plain text on a plain background that is it couldn't get more simple but don't overcomplicate your design just to compensate for poor copywriting. Work on the copywriting and use your design skills to assist that copywriting. Because when you use too much design with poor copywriting, you distract from what the post is actually about. So you can see how keeping your content simple actually makes it, one, easier to read from a language perspective, but two, easier to consume from a design perspective because people are focused on what truly matters. And when that's the case, they are more engaged with it. So tip number one, simplify everything. Tip number two, and this is something that is called 
pattern interrupt. Essentially, for those of you that don't know, pattern interrupt is where you have something of the same over and over and over again, and then suddenly it changes. So you might be using short sentences, seven words maximum on slide one, slide two, slide three, slide four of a carousel, and then bang, slide five, you may have an image or you may have a longer paragraph, something that is different to those previous slides. Or this could be done with text sizes. On the first three or four slides of a carousel, you may have the same font size over and over and over. But then on that fifth slide, you increase the font size to emphasize what you are talking about. But this is also acting as pattern interrupt because people have been used to that previous size of text and then suddenly this increased text size is thrown in their face and they think, whoa, okay, this must be important. I need to read it. Another thing people like to do is move the text around the page, the positioning of the text itself. So like most creators would do, on most slides, your text should be centered or left aligned and centered in the middle of the page. When you get further down the line, if you want to emphasize a point, just switch up the positioning of it and that keeps people engaged. It's not the monotonous repeating of that same text positioning. You're going, right, now I want you to look over here. You're making them search. You're not making them just simply scroll over and over again. You're going, oh, okay, I want you to actually take note of this point. So I'm gonna make you look for that point, bang, done. Now they're gonna keep that slide in mind or that point in mind where however you do it because you've made them work to find it. And that's what you want. That's how pattern interrupt can actually be incredibly powerful. You're not just having the same thing over and over again, which can get boring in some cases. You're switching it up. But this doesn't want to be done on every single slide. You don't want to keep changing font sizes because then the pattern interrupt actually becomes the pattern itself. The whole point is you do one thing over and over again and then you have that piece of pattern interrupt which is going to be on a slide that you specifically want to emphasize or a point you want to emphasize or in a video, you want to increase the caption sizes. It's the point you want them to remember. So that key bit of value, that thing you want them to take away and remember from your piece of content, that is where you introduce that pattern interrupt because that's gonna bring back that engagement to your piece of content and make people remember it. So if you haven't tried it before, I strongly recommend it. Pattern interrupt, it doesn't have to be complicated. Like I said, just the same font size over and over again, and then bang, increase font size or bold font, moving the text around the page or an image, switching it up if you are just using text on all the other slides. It's something that keeps people entertained and engaged with your content. Moving on to tip number three, and I briefly did mention it when I was talking about pattern interrupt, but it's actually swapping visuals for words. A lot of people, myself included, are visual learners. If you can explain something in a diagram, if you can explain something in a chart, you name it, over using text, which may normally make it more complicated, that's gonna be more engaging for the person actually consuming the piece of content. Whenever you can create something as a visual rather than overcomplicating it with text, do so. Displaying data, explaining a concept. If you can explain it in a visual, which is gonna be more entertaining than explaining it in words, try to do so. If your design capabilities allow for it, don't try to create it as a visual if you're not confident in doing so, which in turn is actually gonna make it a poorer representation than if you were to just explain it in text in the first place, 
don't do it. If you have the design capabilities to do so, most things like pie charts or graphs, you can do them on Excel and then export them in to whatever you're doing or just go onto a chart creator on Google. Or if it's a Venn diagram, for example, it's just simple circles with text within it, but it's entertaining, it's something different. If it's always been text on those previous slides, like I said, with pattern interrupt, if you're then gonna bring in that key point of value with a diagram, then it makes it more entertaining and memorable for the person consuming the content. Something that I've also done in the past, where I've previously had plain backgrounds over and over again, if I can find an image that actually complements the words that I'm writing on the page to the points I want to remember, then I'll use that image as the background opposed to that standard black or white colored block background that I normally have. It just emphasizes the different points you want people to consume and keeps them engaged when it really, really matters. So when you can exchange that text for some visuals. Now, the final point I want to mention, and this is probably one you may have been thinking of, but it's actually talking about controversial topics. Now, when I say controversial topics, I don't mean things that are going to offend anybody or things that aren't politically correct. Don't go there. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to divide your audience in that way. And it's actually going to give you a poor reputation as a creator. When I say controversial topics, what I mean, and I'm going to give an educational example here, is that you go against what the majority talk about. Let's say an Instagram growth strategy that most people love and follow. And you come in and say, I don't actually like this. Here's why. I don't actually like this. Here's another strategy that you can do instead. Or if there's a common topic that everybody talks about over and over again, but you know it's wrong because you've tested it. If you're gonna say something's wrong, I'm gonna jump in here and say this now. If you're gonna say something's wrong, please have the evidence to back it up. Because if you don't have the evidence, you're gonna damage your reputation again. So if you're gonna go against the norm, please back it up with evidence. Because if you've got evidence, then nobody can say anything against you. If you haven't got evidence, don't go there because you can't prove it. Why should people believe you? So if you've got some evidence, maybe start talking about some myths within the industry. What people normally believe, what you've actually found. These are some good content ideas for you to actually use. So that was just a quick bonus tip at the end there. I don't need to go into much detail on it because I think it's a pretty self-explanatory point, but if you can talk about a few different controversial topics, because to be honest, that's what people really love consuming. As humans, we are very opinionated and that's gonna bring in a lot of engagement on your content itself. People are gonna give their own opinion on the topic, their findings, if they've tried this before, some people may agree with you, some people may go against you, then you're gonna get people talking in the comments and that's good for you because that's good engagement on your content, which is gonna to indicate to the algorithm that people are enjoying it and it's gonna push it to that wider audience, which could get you some more followers. So, controversial topics definitely keep people engaged because it's something that they could end up giving their opinion on. And that does wrap up some of my top tips as to how you can actually make your content more engaging. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I want to introduce you to my Instagram incubator program. Now, this is for people who are serious about building, scaling and monetizing an audience on Instagram so they can either start their own business or continue to grow a business that is yet to tap into the true potential of the platform. Now, if you're someone who's unmotivated, 
doesn't want to build their brand and doesn't want to book more sales calls, then this one probably isn't for you. But if you do want those things, which I'm sure the majority of you listening do, I want you to head over to the show notes or the podcast description and book in your free 45 minute call to see whether you would be a good fit. Even if it doesn't end up being a good fit, I've had people tell me that this 45 minute call has been some of the most valuable time spent for their business because they've left the call knowing the clear next steps that they need to be taking with their Instagram page and their business, whether it's with my help or not. So as I said, head to the show notes or the podcast description and book in your call. Now that does wrap up today's episode of Social Media Marketing School. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you've hit that subscribe button or that follow button, depending on what platform you are listening on. That way you are never going to miss an episode when I post one. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you did enjoy what you heard today, I would really, really appreciate if you head over to the show page, scroll to the bottom and leave the podcast a five star rating and review. I cannot even begin to tell you just how much that helps me. And if you do, please take a screenshot of that review, send it to me on Instagram and I will give you a shout out on my story as a thank you. But if you've got any questions with regards to anything that I've mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to me on Instagram at the marketing Ethan. Send me a DM and I'll make sure I get back to you no matter what. But if you have made it to this point in the episode, I just want to finish off by saying thank you all for tuning in and I will see you in the next one.